The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George, sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. This is my first show, and I want you all to be a part of it. So, needless to say, I'm not a professional, but I am a professional real estate agent. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name, again, is Paul George. Two first names are half the Beatles or any way you can remember it. Uh, I've been a realtor for over 30 years, and I want to welcome you to the show again. Um, this show is going to be a little bit different in that most of the shows I seem to listen to on real estate talk about investing and things like that. This is going to be about the nuts and bolts of buying and selling houses. Um, and it's going to be on a local basis as well, meaning that, uh, you know, there's a lot of national news out there and things, what's happening in the housing market and things like that. I've been born, I was born and raised here. So I'm going to talk on the local level about what's going on right here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I live in Westerville. Uh, a little bit about me, I guess to say is, uh, I've, Sorry, I got to put you through all this, but since it's our first time, I think you got to get to know me a little bit and where I come from and that type of thing. So I just want to let you know I was born and raised here. I was born on the west side. Uh, I went to Westland High School, believe it or not. Um, I went to uh, Ohio State University. I graduated with a marketing degree. Um, I'm married with to Linda, um, another Beatles reference. Uh, you know, and I've got two boys, Nico and Luca. I will be talking about them a lot. I do wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, you will hear a lot about personal stories as it relates to real estate. But, you know, it's one of those things where I think that uh, you can relate to me a little bit more because I'm out there in the community with you guys. Um, I do a lot of what I do by relating it um, to the Beatles, to real estate, to my Westerville community, that's where I live. Um, I'm a big fan of Ohio State, um, you know, football, of course. Uh, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan and a Cleveland Browns fan, which is a little bit unusual. But uh, you'll hear me uh, kind of referencing those a little bit. Um, a little bit about me. My family, uh, it's funny, my father was born in Mount Martins Ferry, Ohio, but his father was an immigrant. My mother was born in Cleveland. Her father was an immigrant. Um, so I kind of have that immigrant mentality because my father basically was a entrepreneur. He was in the grocery business and that's where I got my start. Uh, I can remember, gosh, I think in the stores at four years old, uh, we started out in the grocery stores and as I got older, they got smaller and smaller, it seemed like. So we did more of, uh, uh you know, carryouts and, you know, produce things and things like that. Uh, a lot of People will know that uh, we had some stores on the west side. One was called K&M Market. I went from our first store was on Broad and Wheatland, um, which is in the Hilltop area. That's where I can remember being little. My first thing I did was we got to sort pop bottles. Um, when I was young, they had returnable bottles that you'd get your two cents for and bring them back. And my job was to put the Coke with the Coke and the Pepsi with the Pepsi and the 7-Up with the 7-Up because they had to all go back to the same place. Um, I also worked at the register and I would bag groceries for a lot of people. And I got my lesson. My first thing my dad taught me was you don't have to put the six 
carrier bottles of pop in the bag so people can actually put them on there because they are carriers. So uh, from there, we went to Hilliard. We had a store that had meat, and I got to learn a little bit about how to cut meat, believe it or not. Um, and this is when I was still in my, gosh, I think it was 10, 11 years old. Uh, then we went to um, <clears throat> Craig's Market, which is on Summit and 3rd, close to downtown, um, and then I kind of moved up as I got older, as I was going through school, we had some stores that, uh, we had multiple stores then. Um, and I bring all this up because of when you're in the grocery stores, you're dealing with the public and that probably set me up for what I do now and in dealing with individuals and homes and things like that. Um, the nice part about where, like the last place we had was called the home market in Worthington, Ohio. That was just a small town grocery, and the thing I did in the, gosh, early 90s was deliver groceries, uh, along with cutting meat and things like that. I also would deliver to people, and I got my, I got a real good knowledge of when you deliver groceries, and it was usually to people that were a little bit older because they couldn't get out. Um, I would go over there with probably three or four loads of groceries for different, three or four different customers. The problem was is that when I would take groceries to um, some of these people, uh, I would end up talking to them for a long time. And, um, you know, when you're in your 80s and you don't have anybody there, it's hard to walk away from them. And, you know, my problem was, of course, I had three other things of groceries that I had to take, and we didn't have refrigerated trucks then. So by the time I would have to deliver ice cream to some of these other people, I'd have to go back to the store and switch it out. So, again, I bring all that up because of um, I want you to understand that I have a, a, a want to actually get to know people more so than just get through a transaction. Um, being in real estate, believe it or not, for over 30 years now, um, I'm going through kind of a life cycle of a real estate agent, meaning that uh, when I start, when any real estate agent starts, you start working with buyers and try to build up a clientele and things like that. And my problem was is when I came from the groceries, my family didn't trust me because they thought I was a, a grocer. They didn't know I was in real estate, so I had to work my way through that a little bit. But um, after a long period of time and hopefully my knowledge that I gained from Ohio State with my marketing degree, I was able to kind of do some things that were a little bit different that got me noticed. Um, anyway, the the reason I say that is because now I've been working with clients that are um, past clients. Um, they're starting to be 20, 30 years older. So I'm going through a different bit of a cycle, meaning that I'm working with these people that I sold houses to 30 years ago and they've grown up, you know, they've put their family through. Uh, they've um, had kids who had kids. Um, probably the biggest thing I'm working with right now is a lot of my clients are selling their parents' home or I'm selling their kids' houses. So I'm going through all three phases of first-time homebuyers. Uh, I'm going through people that need to size up or size down, or I need to work with people that are disposing of their parents' house or they're moving into assisted living or something like that. So with all that being said, I'm kind of looking at, okay, I'm kind of a well-rounded kind of person right now, and uh, I say that because of a lot of them will come and ask me things that, you know, not necessarily have to do with real estate a lot of the times. You know, Paul, my mom needs to move in with us. What do we need to do when it comes to something like something like that? Um, so I've got a lot of experience when it comes to that. 
I have probably a little bit too much empathy for some of these people because of uh, I don't push them enough. I got a lot of first-time home buyers who get mad at me. Said, "Paul, I don't think you want to sell me a house because I'm a little bit overprotective because of their parents. I know their parents and things like that. And in this market, that's a little bit tough. Um, I try to understand what's going on in the market right now and convey that to the buyers. Um, it's very difficult. It's very different right now in that we have a housing shortage right now and you know, 10 years or 2006, 2007, we had a lot more buyers than we did, uh, or excuse me, a lot more sellers than we did houses. So things are different. I try to keep on top of that. Um, some of the things that I project for this show is my hope is, is that we're going to go through and keep you what's current on the market right now. We're going to bring in experts of people that are in the market at the moment, meaning that going through lenders, home inspectors, title people, um, a lot of political people because they are very involved in um, affordable housing, attainable housing, things like that. Um, I really expect to uh, go into some different topics that some may become personal to me. Um, right now, one of the hot topics I'm getting or we're going to be hearing about is the your property taxes. You know, property taxes are going to be assessed, reassessed uh, this year. Every three years, each county has to reassess the property taxes. And what they do is they put a valuation on your home. And I think people are going to be stunned to find out how much their housing has, their house value has went up. And the hard thing for people to realize is that just because your house has gone up 40% in the last three years, uh, your property taxes are not going to go up 40%. So we'll discuss things like that. Another big thing that we're going to discuss that's going to have a big effect on this area is Intel. Um, people have no idea what's coming with Intel. Um, it's going to be such a shock to a lot of people, all the growth that's going to go on, all the shortages that are going to happen. And we're blessed in Columbus, Ohio, because they're coming here and they're not going to other parts of the country, let alone even Cincinnati or Cleveland or things like that. We are going to be in such a, a good bubble. We have a good problem to have right now. Um, I talked about the inventory shortage a little bit. That's going to be a big topic that we're going to talk about as well. People know about it. They hear about it. But it comes down to your street almost, not just necessarily, um, you know, the national news that you hear on things. We'll talk about different types of loans. As I said, I'm working with people that are getting to be my age. By the way, I'm in my 60s. Um, and I say that because of there's different loans available for people in their 60s than there are in their first-time homebuyer things. We're going to talk about HOAs. Um, that is a topic that uh, is near and dear to my heart. You know, it's a love and hate kind of relationship with homeowners associations. We will talk about that a little bit. Um, I do write a little bit. I write a blog and things like that, and a lot of my subject matter comes from what people are asking me, and the one I just wrote was on uh, home improvements. You know, do I do this to, will I get this much money if I put this much money into my kitchen, that type of thing. Um, one of the challenges we have right now with that is that I talked about Intel a little bit. Intel is going to be sopping up all of our tradespeople. So we have to talk a little bit about how that's going to affect what you're going to do to your own home. Uh, another topic that we're going to come up with is, you know, People aren't selling right now, and you're trying to figure out, okay, if I sell, where am I going to go? So we have to talk about those things, and that will lead into some building. That will lead into a vacation home. That will lead into 
you know, moving in with the kids, those kind of things. So there's a million topics like that that we're going to go into. Uh, one of the things I really need from you guys is to contact me with your questions. We're going to have a little section a little bit later that's going to talk about, hey, what's going on in your life? What do you need an answer to? Being in, everybody has a question about real estate. And I really want you guys to email me at paul at pauljorgerealestate.com uh, with any kind of questions you have. So with that being said, let's go to the break and we'll come back and talk about what we're going to talk about today. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at pauljorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back. I just wanted to uh, also remind you that my website, believe it or not, is HalfTheBeatles.com. So if you want to hear a little bit of more, if you want to learn a little bit more about me, get on that and you can find out all kinds of things. You can also see my past blogs and you can also get a feel for kind of what I'm doing. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I thought this would be a good thing for the the uh, first show, was I just wanted to talk about the benefits of home ownership. Um, a lot of people are, especially now, there's a lot of Generation Z and some of the other segments of the population are thinking that renting is a better fit for them, and it might be. But I just wanted to go through some of the things that um, – you know, there's tangible benefits and there's intangible benefits to owning a home. At the end of the day, though, I'm a big believer in home ownership because I think it's probably the biggest creator of wealth in the world. And I'll give, I'm going to give you some quick stats here, and then I'm going to introduce uh, somebody that I know that's a pretty good guest that uh, he'll be able to talk about it as well. Um, some of the benefits of home ownership, probably the number one thing that I always go back to when I talk about people when they're talking about first time home buyers is that uh, the average homeowner has about 44 times the net worth of a renter. Um, so put that in perspective, you know that somebody's renting and things like that. The guy who owns the house is a little bit wealthier than that person that's renting. So keep that in mind when you're doing that, um, when you're talking about that to your kids and you know, people who are just renting, you know, every situation is a little bit different. There's a definite need for rentals. Um, uh, but, you know, just understand that you're always creating wealth when you're buying a home. The other another thing, buying a home in the United States is still cheaper than rent. Uh, I don't care where you are, what you're doing. It's cheaper than rent because, you know, we have three needs as humans. We have food, shelter and clothing. 
and shelter is about the only thing that you can buy and it actually appreciates and you actually get rid of your debt on that as you live there. So you get some use out of it as you're creating your wealth there. Um, that's just, that's a nuts and bolts kind of thing that everybody should know, but sometimes it's hard to make people understand that. There's also financial benefits. You know, the government has made it very um, accommodating to own a house by giving a lot of tax benefits. Uh, I'm not going to go into the the nuts and bolts of what you can deduct and what you can't deduct because of a few years ago, uh, the politicians came out and instead of uh, line item, we're going to give you a big fat deduction. And sometimes that doesn't, the line items don't add up to the big deduction. But if you are deducting things off of your taxes, you can deduct your mortgage interest, your property taxes up to a, a limit of $10,000. Uh, that just comes right off your, you know, your gross income. So keep an eye on those kind of things. And those, the kind of things that are kind of bonuses when people buy houses, you know, you don't notice that until the next tax year, you know, you're struggling to make the payment and say things like that. And all of a sudden, Hey, I got all these deductions. I'm going to get a big, big chunk of money back more often than not. That's the case. Um, home ownership also contributes to about a fifth of our economy. Um, you know, it's not just buying a home that contributes. It's every time you go to home Depot and, do an improvement to your house, things like that. Those kind of things are just subtle things that you don't know. Uh, you know, I just called somebody to have my uh, heating and cooling serviced. You know, that's part of home ownership that that just trickles down to the economy. So I just thought that's that's something that is, you know, it's just another benefit. Um, another thing is that Columbus has been kind of known as one of those areas where we have slow and steady appreciation, meaning that just by living in your house, your house is going to be worth more than it was a year before. And in, I think it's the last 50 or 60 years, we've appreciated every year except for maybe two or three years minus the COVID years. <laughs> so the COVID years, we had some uh, negative, um, but it more than made up with it the last few years. Um, another thing that probably I've mentioned, kind of touched on before is that most of the wealth in the world is through real estate. Um, I think two thirds of the wealth I read was through real estate. The rest of it's through stocks and things like that. But these are just kind of things that are kind of trying to make the case for, Hey, this is silly not to have it, um, not to have a house if you can afford it. You know, a couple of other little things you control the expense, you know, pretty much when you get a 30 year fixed rate, uh, your house payment is going to be the same for the next 30 years other than increasing your taxes and things like that. It's very different on anything else, um, you know, like a car or something like that. A car depreciates. Um, a house appreciates. So those are kind of things that, you know, we can talk about. There's a lot more things, um, and I'll probably touch on these a little bit with my guest here. Um, I do want to introduce my guest. I invited him here because since this is my first show, I wanted somebody that I know that I'm comfortable with. Um, he's also kind of a big dog in real estate a little bit here. He's been doing it longer than I have. Um, his name is Mick Gordon. He's the principal of my brokerage at Keller Williams, greater Columbus. And instead of me going through his 10 pages worth of accolades, uh, I think I'm going to ask Mick to kind of give me a quick little two minute synopsis synopsis of you. Sure, so, Paul. First and foremost, are you sure this is the first time you've done this? This you're is doing the first time job. I've done this. Yeah, you're doing uh -huh. an amazing job. Um, 
And it's an absolute honor to be your first guest. Smooth. I really appreciate it. But uh, Mick Gordon, I was I'm the second generation realtor, born and raised in Westerville, Ohio. I've lived in New Albany now since 1997. So coming up on 26 years, raised two beautiful daughters. They're now 23 and 21, and I've been married to Patty since wow 1991. So coming up on. <laughs> 32 years being married. and That's how uh, long I've been in real estate. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got my license in 1987, uh, basically right out of high school. Um, this being a second generation, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I love what I do every day. Well, it, and it shows. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, like I said, this is the benefits of homeownership uh, segment, I guess, to say. Um, first of all, you got two daughters. They're 21, 23. Mm -hmm. Right. My sons are 20 and 23. So I'll keep them away from them no, real quick. Please. They're going to be getting out of college or they're going to be going into the profession and things like that. How do you explain to them what the benefits are of home ownership? Yeah. I, Patty and I, when the girls were young, we, we started talking about money with them. And we did that because nobody really did that for us when we were that age. And understanding the power and the ability uh, a person has to leverage real estate uh, is very powerful. And, yes, um, real estate investing, Patty and I have been invest in investment properties since since we've been married. And we, we own our, our, our current home. We also have three investment properties that we rent out. And basically I've got three – People that are helping Patty and I build our wealth, right, by paying rent every single month, helping us pay our mortgage down. That um, is just to interrupt you here for a yeah. second. One of the best pieces of advice I got from one of the first speakers I had was, hey, if you want to pay for college, you want to do this, when you have kids, first thing you need to do is buy them a house. Buy a house, a rental property or something like that. Let somebody else pay the mortgage for you. And by the time they get to be college age, you're going to have enough to pay for their college. So. Okay, go Abs ahead. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm uh, 54, not quite in my 60s yet, but, you know, we're both we're both on the the brink in the next 10 to 15 years of what we're going to do for that next step, right, and how we're going to pay for retirement. And, you know, in real estate, we're self-employed, so we don't have uh, – we don't have pensions, so to speak, you know, so to speak, but – you know, the power of investing in real estate is very easily explained. I mean, you can buy a $300,000 house with as little as $15,000 down, a 5% mortgage. Um, and, you know, real estate in central Ohio has appreciated on average about 4% a year over the last 50 years. The uh, By paying your mortgage down and the appreciation, the combination of those two your $15,000 in equity on the closing day turns into almost $100,000 of equity in five years. Yeah, I, I just had that situation. That was one of my blogs. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, it's so refreshing to see this couple was first-time homebuyer. They had $13,000 down. They bought a little house in Powell, a little three-bedroom, one-bath house in Powell. And I forget what they sold. They, they bought it for like $211,000. They thought they're they just – cringed at how much it was going to cost them and things like that. Last year, they just bought a new house in Worthington, but when they sold their house for over $350,000, uh, 
they were able to put $140,000 on the next house in Worthington. So they had that equity that they've done there. And it's just nice when they see $13,000, $140,000. And, you know, we talk about interest rates and things like that. And it's like, well, you're putting much more money down. So your payments kind of evens out a little bit. Yeah. And interest rates are temporary, right? They much. go up and down. Yep. They go up and down. I bought my first house at nine and a half percent interest. My, yep. da- my dad told me to lock it in because it wasn't going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know right? your dad. I can believe him. He says, yeah. <laughs> wise people. Right. So uh, one other quick little situation that, you know, as we're going into the break here, mm-hmm. um, what, you know, we talked about a little bit about, um, you know, your daughters and things like that. How about a, a first-time home buyer? I mean, what, you know, we talked a little bit, we touched on a little bit about, you know, we started with this and we ended up with this. How about the intangible things? Like, not necessarily money. You know, where I'm getting at is that, um, you know, a neighborhood will have um, a Halloween party. Yeah, there's so many things to go along with, with the pride of home ownership uh, that uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Well, when we come back, I got a little surprise for you, by the way. So, uh, oh, I can't wait. Hey, you can't wait for it here. But we're going to talk, we're going to delve more and more into this a little bit. So, again, Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com with all your questions. We'll be right back. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back. I'm back here with Mick Gordon. We're talking about the benefits of home ownership. Uh, to kind of break it up a little bit, Mick, you know, you don't seem to be nervous, but I, I wanted to start something. Hopefully this will become a trend with people. Um, I want to get to know you a little bit more on a non-real estate level. Um, and hopefully it'll bring out something that people don't know about you or something like that. So. I've got a few questions for you oh, here, Mick. This is the uh-huh. surprise. This is the surprise. Okay. It has nothing to do with real estate. Oh, wow. But maybe people will get to know you a little bit better if okay. uh, you can answer this stuff. All right. So you and Patty are out on the town a little bit, and you had a little bit to drink, and you kind of mosey into this karaoke bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you got to pick your karaoke song. What is it? Oh, oh good grief. Um, <laughs> no, that's not a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever moseyed into a karaoke bar in my <laughs> life, and I know Patty hasn't. Uh, what song? Uh, have to be Sweet Caroline, right? Uh, that's yeah, everybody an easy knows one. that yeah. one. The whole you, crowd you would help, would you help you. Like yeah, absolutely. He's a wheeze. All right. How about this? If you had one talent or you can learn any skill instantly, what would it be? Uh, I would, I would love to be able to sing. I, I'm not a good singer and, yeah. uh, I grew up playing the guitar and the piano oh. and, uh, so, you got a little so bit I've got background. some, I've got some musical background, but never was really, it didn't stop me from singing, <laughs> <laughs> but it was never really good at it. Well, it's funny cause I get a feeling when I've heard this question asked different times with other people, almost everybody goes to some sort of singing or musical instrument or something like that. Sure. You just fit right in that. Yeah. So what's the best gift you ever received? 
Oh, uh, you know what? It was probably my 12th birthday, and uh, wow. my mom and dad got me a Les Paul copy guitar. Look at that. And uh, up until that point, I played piano for almost five years, hated just about every second of it, and they let me graduate onto another instrument, and uh, wow, was it cool. <laughs> That's one thing I would have never guessed. Yep. Um. This goes a little bit deeper. Okay, you've got all the money in the world you want. You don't have to work or anything like that. If you can volunteer for something, what kind of volunteer work would you do? Well, I so I see volunteer work as part of our life, right? I mean, this is giving back to our community is so important, uh, helping kids. Patty and I uh, both uh, volunteer locally in New Albany and uh, – uh, primarily with the food pantry, and enjoy that. Uh, we enjoy donating. We enjoy working the pantry. We enjoy um, uh, meeting people. And you know what? They're just people. They yep. just happen to be in a different station in life and, and need help. And, you know, without any judgment, being able to do that is something that uh, we just, uh, I love to do. Well, it's, it, it, you and I are kind of at a different not a different, really, a same time of our life. There's an order of things in life. There's a chrono, chron, chronology of it. Um, my kids right now are in survivorship mode. They're just trying to make enough money to eat and things like sure. that and go off of us. Then you get to you know your 30s where you get married. You get to start to get a little stability and things like that. And then you try to get to a point of significance, meaning that, okay, what have I done with my life? What can I do with it? Uh, that type of thing. And then we're starting to get in is what's our purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I'm getting towards mine, you know, it, it kind of presents itself to you. Um, and I think that's where you're getting at too, when you're going down that path. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. So back to our topic today, it's the benefits of home ownership. One of the things, one of the reasons I've gotten you here is that you are very involved on a local and national level of, uh, home ownership advocacy. Um, let me know what you have done in the Columbus Board of Realtors, the Ohio Association of Realtors, the National Association of Realtors, because you're in tune with that. You're in touch with that. Uh, tell me some of the things that they're doing to advocate for home ownership. Yeah, my involvement um, in the Realtor Association organizations, uh, we have one at the local level in the Columbus Realtors. Ohio Realtors, I was at a meeting for them earlier today. And then the National Association of Realtors uh, is where um, where a lot of the federal work is done. And the priority right now is um, on housing for all, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about the benefits of home ownership, and they are there's an abundant level of uh, benefits to home ownership. But about a third of the population lives in rental housing. And we need to remember that. I mean, there's a big battle going on right now in central Ohio where communities are trying to block developers from building entire neighborhoods of single family homes that they want to rent out. Yep. Guess what? It's because they know the benefits of home ownership as well. These corporations do, but uh, blocking those and, and saying not in my backyard is, is, is going to hurt us here locally if we don't if we don't provide housing for all, and that that includes people that are renters as well. So um, that's a big priority. 
at the state level during the uh, the budget uh, process at the state house. Uh, we just advocated for, and it passed uh, a home buyer's savings account, very similar to a five twenty nine that we save money for in our uh, for our kids' college. Uh, that's tax free. It's not uh, not taxed at the state level, and that's going to be for not just first time home buyers like we thought it was going to be it's it's it ended up passing for all buyers well you had mentioned that uh, a little bit before and the more i thought about that because of i've got those for my kids as well and it does let others contribute to it as well it does uh meaning that grandmothers grandparents and things hey i'm going to put a 529 for your home um those are the kind of things because the biggest challenge right now to first time home buyers is usually the down payment, and this will give them a way to start using that that type of thing. Sure. So what other things? Um, a lot of the things that we're working on at an association level is protecting homeownership's rights, homeowners' rights, rather. Uh, there's a lot of municipalities that are looking to limit how a, how an owner uses their property, trying to block Airbnb, short-term rentals. There's even communities that block rentals altogether. Yep. Right. And and where's the uh, how is that American? Right. How is that um, uh, good business? Good, uh, good citizenship. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges we have as real estate agents is that we have to almost play it both ways, because where we live, people there act like they don't want that type of housing and that type of thing. But we see that there's a need and we also know that it's it's just not fair. Um you know, I look at Dublin. I live in Genoa Township. I, um, you know, you're in New Albany. There's a perception there that we want the people to come into work here, but we don't want them to live here. We've got to overcome that somehow because everybody deserves home ownership. They deserve to live where they want to live. We're trying to cross that, get them to talk to each other a little bit because of, you know, I've been to, I don't know how many zoning meetings where the big, corporate, you know, home builders will come in here with their suits on and things like that. And then you've got the people that live there and their suspenders and things like that and say, I don't want this stuff on my land. We've got to get past that somehow. We got to be smart enough to figure out where it's advantageous to everybody. With that, we're trying to get this attainable housing. Columbus has been actually on the forefront of being a lot better than some of the outlying areas. And some of that's the structure of our government here in Ohio. And some of it's, you know, just NIMBY, not in my backyard kind right. of things. But we have to do a better job, and that's one of the things I know you guys are working at is just educating people. That's what it comes down to. Um, and it's, you know, everybody wants everybody in their neighborhood. Uh, the problem, the other problem I see here is Columbus is stuck on land. We're going to talk to John Melchiai in a couple of weeks here, and he just, you know, he has a perspective on the country. He's saying people here want their acre lots or two houses per acre kind of thing. Whereas you go to Dallas or you go somewhere else, um, you know, it's like, I don't care. I've got 10 feet of grass I have to cut, and I'm happy sure. with that. Sure. John it will be an amazing guest. He well, I, is, I, I, uh, I'm going to need more than an hour for him. Probably. Think, so. <laughs> probably. He's uh, very well versed in all these. And I've seen him speak on several occasions. Uh, and I always laugh when he, he tells the story about uh, Bob Schottenstein, the CEO of MI Homes here locally, they build all across the country, and he calls Columbus, Ohio, the side yard capital of the world. Yeah. Because I saw him yesterday, and right? he used that same term. And uh, 
it's because we were, you know, everybody wants these big lots. And, and the other thing I'll, I'll speak to that, you know, attainable housing is, is a new catchphrase for housing that's affordable. Uh, we used to call it affordable housing, but that scares everybody has ramifications and at Ohio Realtors, we've sort of changed the vernacular. We're calling it workforce housing because, yeah, Intel's bringing a lot of jobs to town. Where are they going to live? Those jobs have to go home and sleep somewhere, and uh, and we need a better, uh, we need to do a better job here locally of of getting stuff uh, zoned properly, getting it developed, and getting it sold. I mean, we're so well. You'll talk about it on his show or when he's on your show, but. Uh, we're so underdeveloped here, it's uh, it's at a dangerous level. We are, and just as a stat here, I always keep in front of me, and I take this to my open houses and things like that, is that by 2050, uh, the Columbus population is projected to grow by 1 million people. We are bringing in 89 new people every single day in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and that was before Intel. Um, yeah. We, you know, I can go on and on about Intel, and we're going to have a whole show about that. But the problem is we are significantly underbuilding here in Columbus and it's mostly because of the red tape and things like that. So um, yep. we've got to figure out when I talk about this, we're talking about housing, not just single family houses. We're talking about apartments. Mm -hmm. You know, people can't figure out that, okay, we're going around 270. I see all these cranes. I see all these construction. It's still not enough. Right. And people got to understand that we've got a lot, a long way to go to catch up. And I don't know if we're going to. Mick, I'm going to ask you to stay for another segment because uh, I'm going to go into a couple of things. First, I'm going to give everybody a tip. Um, every week, I think I'm going to do a, a tip for home sellers. Um, and I'm also going to go over some questions. You know, I've got a database of a couple thousand people. Ask them to, hey, send in your questions from my first show. So when we come back, I'm going to put some of these questions to you as well. So get ready because they're not going to be easy ones, I promise. I'll be here. Uh, you'll be here. All right. We'll see you when we get back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise in ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at pauljorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back. I'm Paul George, and I'm here with Mick Gordon today. And we're talking a little bit about the benefits of home ownership. Um, one of the segments I want to do every week is kind of give you guys an idea of what we see that might help you someday when you go to sell your house. 
And it's not only to benefit you when you sell your house, but I want you to enjoy it while you're doing it as well. Plus, it also may prevent you from some major type of, you know, fix that you might have to do down the road. I say that because of when I get up in the morning, I have a routine. Um, I read a lot. I usually try to walk. I I had a dog. His name was Ringo. Uh, he's not around anymore, but uh, he and I would walk, and I would kind of look at houses when I walk because I live in a geez, 1,600 house subdivision. And when I'm walking, I'm thinking like, okay, what do these people need to do? What do these people do? It's kind of the hazard of the job, unfortunately. So on the exterior, I've got all kinds of tips, but on the interior, they come from a lot of home inspections and things like that. One of the things I saw a couple of days ago was that there was people working on the outside of their house. And when they are working, they were cutting down some trees and things like that. One of the tips you guys need to do is, and I see this on home inspections all the time, is that if you have a home, the builders did not think down 20 years down the road. So they would put trees and shrubs and things like that right beside your house. They had no idea that the roots actually start pushing up against your house and things like that. So now that we have the warm weather out here, you need to go around your house and keep a good distance, maybe a foot or so of shrubs and things like that away from your house. If you've got big trees and things like that, keep an eye on the root structure. I think we've all had situations where, you know, those darn roots got in your you know, conductor drains that go out to the street and then they, you know, jam up and then they start putting pressure on your basement wall. Uh, so if you're thinking about it, go outside and take a look and just start hacking away and get it, get things away from your house. Um, those are the kind of things that hopefully I'll bring to you every day. And a lot of times it's going to come from, you know, I had a home inspection last week and this came up on it. So uh, it's one of those things that, you know, it could be a problem down the road, but just do it now. So Anyway, let's get back to uh, a little bit of um, things that people are asking me now. Uh, like I said before, when we went to the break, I went through and uh, asked a lot of my past clients and things like that uh, what questions they had uh, about this real estate market and just real estate in general. So and needless to say, I got a lot of different questions. And, you know, there's one of the questions that I swear I can't run into somebody at the grocery store and they say, hey, Paul, how's the market? Um, and I don't mind telling them right now the market is, you know, everybody thinks the market is just booming and things like that. Candidly, at the moment, it's slow in some areas and price ranges and other areas. It's like we're still getting multiple offers on it. So it's really wishy-washy. And that's why you need a professional that has local knowledge of what's going on right now. Um, you know, it, it, there's different things at different points of people's life. Um, uh, I'm working on an offer, right? Well, not an offer. We're in contract. We went into contract and we couldn't have done this six months ago where we went in and we wrote a contract less than listing price. Uh, we asked for a inspection period. We asked for a home warranty. Um, and after some negotiations, we got it. The other thing we got was an extension of the closing, meaning that instead of closings usually take place in 30 days or so. Um, my people, they don't have a mortgage on their home, but they have a house to sell. And we were able to get to the point where we're going to ask you for 60 days. And by the time, if we sell it before that, we can close earlier. We were able to negotiate that up front. And that's one of the things that's happening in this market right now is that we can kind of go back to some our traditional things that we were doing. 
I'm actually listing their house and holding it open on Sunday. I do actually buy or help people buy and sell real estate. So if you want to see me uh, come out tomorrow at uh, 2223 Cross Creek from 2 to 4, you can see me at the open house. Um, But those people are buying a house and we're trying to get their house sold before they have to take out a big fat loan on the other one. So that's kind of the situation that you can do now that you couldn't do six months ago. So with that being said, let's start with some questions. Um, and I'm going to let you help me answer this okay. uh, first, Mick. Um, the first one is, what's the biggest red flag that you see on a home inspection? A b- the biggest red flag on a home inspection, you know, would be foundational for me. The You know, you look at... Uh, what's that mean? Uh, movement in a foundation, right? Um, bowing of walls. You know, you go back, the, the building techniques over the last hundred years in housing has, has changed. And you, you, you know, you walk into a house in Upper Arlington that was built in the fifties and you know what to look for because those foundations were built in a different way than they they built them in the nineties with steel in the wall and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so you know what to expect and, you know, uh, that and roofs, I mean, those are your two probably biggest expenses if you have to deal with them once you own it, yep. um, without a doubt. And then also in the not just foundational structural issues, but also waterproofing or water intrusion, rather. One of the biggest challenges I have is that when you have a cellar, you know, maybe you see the bowed walls or you maybe see the roof that's 20 years old and the seller looks at it like it's not leaking. There's mm-hmm. nothing going on. Right. Well, the buyer comes in looking at it like, okay, what's the future expense? And, you know, the home inspection is just kind of a snapshot in time of what it is saying, yeah, it's not leaking, but this could happen. Sure. Some people get bogged down so much in the what if kind of things that, or they don't budget for something like that. Um, I had that same issue with the roof. And what happened was the inspector said that was some wind damage up there. They ended up, we had to extend the closing, but the homeowner got an insurance claim on it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was happy. We got a new roof and that type of thing. So that's probably the same thing in mind, just because that's the most major expense. One of the most common ones I see are ground fault interrupters. I see a lot of rotted wood around windows and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you see uh, driveways that aren't level, things sure. like that. So there's a lot of things, and needless to say, that's going to be another show too. We're going to talk to home inspectors and see what they come up with. Um, and the thing is, is you can't be so scared because there's people that will do two and three home inspections and I'm like, okay, you need to build, um, that's right. what it, they need to find <laughs> that out for themselves sometimes. Right. So if it comes to that, then that's, you know, that's one of the directions we need to, we need to go for. And I've uh, never run across an issue that wasn't fixable. Exactly. Right. That's, you know, you always look at, you look at a hundred year old house and somebody gets paranoid that the walls are caving in. I said, the house has been there for a hundred years. I don't sure. think it's going anywhere. But it's hard to tell them that, you know, because they're looking at it at that snapshot in time, Mm -hmm. like you said. Um, Here's the biggest question I get asked. um, Hey, if I redo my kitchen, will I get my money back out of it? And what's your answer to something like that? It depends. Yeah. uh, Right. Is the answer answer, um, always. But. You know, there's ways to maximize an investment in uh, a reinvestment in your property to do improvements, you know, not putting in uh, solid gold fixtures and that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it, if you're if you're doing improvements to your kitchen, say, 
you need to do it with the mindset of, will I enjoy this between now and when I sell my home? It shouldn't be 100% about resale value, right? And secondly, you know, if you can, you know, if you can do a standard level granite versus the best granite out there that comes from halfway across the world, yeah. you know, do that. Be smart with your investment and, and understand the value. But I don't think, uh, and I, I've changed over the years, right? Well, I have too, 100%. I've yeah. done a complete 180 on that. Yeah. I was always cringing and having people spend money on their house when they're leaving it anyway. Right. And now I see that, yeah, you do this, you can do X times that uh, if it's the right situation. The market has a lot to do with it, too. Two it years does. ago, you can just throw out a sign. You didn't have to do a darn thing to the house. Right. Like I say, the market's evolving and it's changing right now. And like where I live, the houses are 25 to 30 years old. If you got the brass fixtures, you better change them out. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of things that some things you have to do and some things you need to do for, you know, um, to get some things you have to do just to get it sold. Sure. You know, if you've got that big hole in the wall in the basement saying nobody's going to notice that you got to fix that. But if it's like, you know, the carpet's kind of iffy, do we have to do that? Can we do a carpet allowance? Can we do this instead? That situation is where we come up with the answer. It depends. Right. So, a lot of things happens on budgets and well, things and, like that. So. And, you know, the, the, the lending crisis uh, of the great recession, I mean, we really can't do yep. carpet allowances anymore. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they abused and how they, committed mortgage fraud. So I don't know of any lenders that allow that stuff right now. Yeah. And, you know, we have to get creative on how we do those kind of things, of course. Oh, we'll credit you towards closing costs and things. And I can't tell you how many times I've done that with people. And then I come back five years later, sell the house and they just kept the credit. Right. They never did change it out. So (laughs) anyway, um, before, yeah, we're getting close to the end. So I don't want to get into another question. Um, I do want people to know, like I said, Mick and I are actively real real estate agents. Um, you can contact me. Again, everything revolves around the Beatles. My phone number is 614-570-2853. And you spell out 2853, it's B-T-L-E, Beetle. Um, my website, I got a couple of different ones, but they all go to the same place. It's halfthebeatles.com. Um, we have a Facebook page, believe it or not. Get on Facebook and like it. Go to facebook.com. It's the Paul George Group. Get on there. You can kind of keep up with what I'm doing with open houses, price reductions, price new listings coming soon. So I've got a couple of coming soons right now that, you know, people want to get in on everything before the market really hits. Um, if you have any questions, please, please, please contact me. Go to uh, Paul, jo- Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Ask me any kind of questions. I'm not obligating anybody to do anything. I love giving out advice when I'm old. Um, That's what you do. Um, I'm here with Gina. She's my assistant. And Mick, thanks again for coming out. It's my pleasure, Paul. This has been the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Paul George Real Estate Show. And follow Paul online at paulgeorgerealestate.com.